Hey, pack people. Remember, you can show your support by sponsoring one of our interviews with the animal welfare community. Please contact us through www.packpeople.com to find out how your sponsorship can help us continue our work on behalf of animals and the people who care about them. Pack People welcomes Pilots and Paws. Interview with Debbie Boyce. May 19, 2012. Everybody, welcome to Pack People. Rafino Kabang here, and welcome to our ongoing series of interviews with the people and organizations that make animal welfare a priority. Today, we have a very special treat in welcoming Debbie Boyce, the co-founder and president of Pilots and Paws, and that's at pilotsandpaws.org. We'll post that on our blog. Uh, it's a platform where pilots, plane owners, rescues, shelter organizations, foster parents, all these people can meet. Uh, and organize transportation for adoptable pets and animals. This is such a worthwhile uh, endeavor. And Debbie, we're so grateful to have you here. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, well, you know, I'm happy to be here, and thank you for extending the invitation to Pilots and Paws. Absolutely. And uh, we always start with the people in Pat mm -hmm. People and how they... Uh, how they add to this this wonderful world of, of animal welfare. How and when did your personal adventure with this cause begin? My personal adventure is one of those stories that is just an event that happened. Uh -huh. um, it, it seems to be that way in life sometimes, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've been working in animal rescue work, primarily Doberman rescue, for a number of years. I've always rescued pets. Somehow, from the time I was small, they, they always found their way to... Our home. I, I think they might. They must have known we would take them in. I'm not really sure, uh, but they always did manage to find their way to us. And, and my life has pretty much been that way. Uh, and I helped found a Doberman rescue group called Doberman Assistance Network. It's a national organization. And when we lost our 12-year-old Doberman that was part of our family to cancer, my husband and I discussed it and. We really wanted to bring in a rescue dog. You know, there's so many animals out there that need good adoptive homes, and they're adults, and sometimes everybody thinks the little puppy's cute, but they, they can overlook the adults who are really wonderful right. uh, pets and companions. So I had the fortune of uh, knowing a lot of Doberman rescue groups, and we have a horse farm. We raise Morgan horses, and I, I needed a dog that would fit in with our family, and, and I think everybody needs to consider that when they're looking to adopt an animal. Yes. Choose what's going to fit your lifestyle and um, who lives in your household. So I reached out to a group in Florida, and I live in South Carolina, and they said, oh, we think we have the perfect dog for you, um, and I, I got the history about him, and he... Well, the feeling was, and and by looking at him, I'm sure it was probably accurate, he was used to train fighting dogs. Oh. Um, all of his, the points of his teeth were filed off. Oh. Um, he has little white hairs uh, of scars where uh, I am told a lot of times they use little sharp objects and nick their heads so they bleed, so that makes the, the, the dog they're training more aggressive. and. Oh. Uh, you know, he was just, and he had to go through heartworm treatments, but you could just see it in his eyes. You know, he was one of those dogs that said, please, you know, somebody just love me. That's really yeah. all I want out of life. <laughs> and uh, so we uh, filled out the adoption work. Of course, I already knew them. Uh, but the, the, the situation became, how do we get him from Florida 
to South Carolina. Well, of course, we could drive. Um, and, of course, I was familiar with ground transport for animals. Uh, however, it's long and strenuous to drive eight hours and change a driver every hour, which is what they do with ground transport. That, that animal has already gone through so much, has to meet new people once every hour. And I think they wonder eventually, you know, what's going on. They, they can't really uh, use the same thought process we do to say, hey, I'm going to my new home. They just know they're being changed from a car to another person every hour. So yeah. my friend in Knoxville, Tennessee, I put out the word to several friends, actually, and our friends in Knoxville replied with, how about if I just fly down and pick him up for you? And I said, excuse me? <laughs> who flies? <laughs> the, who offers to fly to pick up a rescue animal and, and bring it you know, to their adoptive home? Well, I've since found out there's over 2,700 pilots that feel that way. Oh, my gosh. And um, so John did. He, he uh, went down and he picked Brock up for me and, and brought him home. And when he got back, he said, Debbie, is there a need for this? I mean, I, I, you know, my wife and I, we adopt animals from the local shelter were involved with the Humane Society, but I've never heard of people moving animals. So I sent him to some ground transport sites, and he read about it, and he came back, and his first words, I'll always remember his first words, he said, how do you ever accomplish this? Yeah. You know, it's just so much networking, and I said, yeah, it's difficult. I've done it for our Doberman group, and it's, it's not an easy process. And he said, well, I think that, you know, we need to do something about it and combine pilots because they love to fly. Yes, they do. And I said, I, yeah, I said, I said, well, that sounds good. I knew nothing about aviation, <laughs> and he knew very little about rescue. And on top of that, I had a fear of flying, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, if you think we need to do something, I agree with you. I feel very strongly that we do, too. And the name just came to me. I, I looked at John, and I said, why don't we call it Pilots and Paws? And he said, Sounds sounds great to me. Let's go, and, and here we are today, four years later. Oh my gosh! And how how does it work? Is it a, an open forum? Uh, basically, it is. We we wanted to create a platform where we could have a network set up where people that could just go to there and register and work together on their own. Uh, so that's what we did. We created a platform with with guidance and lots of information and guidelines and. Rescues needed to learn about aviation. Pilots needed to learn about rescues. You know, there's a, a lot of good information up on our on the working part of our our forum. So, basically, what happens is if you are a rescue or a shelter uh, or someone in need uh, to transport a rescue dog, we don't we're not a pet taxi service. Right. Um, you know, this is strictly for animals that are in serious need. Right. And um, we've done military working dogs and Afghanistan eagle that our Navy SEALs brought back a pot-bellied mm. pig, various <laughs> exotic birds, uh, you know, we're an equal opportunity rescue airline. <laughs> um, but anyway, so what we do, what you do is you go into our website, pilotsandpaws.org, you register as either a pilot or a rescue person or other slash other, and you, there's a section where you post your request. There, there's a list of information you need to, to share about the animal. You know, they have to travel with health certificates and so on uh, mm. for everybody's protection. Right. And what happens when that is posted, it's based on uh, you have to enter zip codes for sending and receiving locations. And the, that generates an automatic email out to pilots along that flight route. 
And they see that email, and if they can help, they'll come back to the forum board, and they'll click on a link and come back, and they'll be able to view that request, and they can reply on the forum, and then normally what happens is they'll take it off to do all the particulars, such as date, time, Uh weather conditions are very important, and John and I both felt that pilots need to be totally in control of these flights. Um, who am I to tell a pilot they have to fly on a cloudy day when I don't know if they're if they have the qualifications to do that? Right. So uh, we felt that the pilots had to be in charge of everything for their flight because it is their plane. They donate everything to do this, their time, their resources, and they are the only ones that know the conditions they can fly under. And most of the pilots are average working people they just love to fly and they find a way to do it and why not um you know make a flight and save a life that's so great you know while you're having fun (laughs) so it seems to be working out very well (laughs) seems to be are are there costs involved for people they're not there there are not costs involved at all for shelters or rescues general aviation pilots according to the faa are not allowed to receive monetary compensation for uh, their flights. Okay. No matter what kind of flights they do, right. if they volunteer for angel flights or any anyone, mm-hmm. uh, if they volunteer for nonprofit organizations, um, unless they have a commercial rating, and sometimes general aviation are freight pilots and they can be reimbursed. But generally speaking, if you're a GA pilot, the FAA. Um, forbid you to receive money. Okay. And what's GA so, stand for? GA pilot? Uh, general aviation. General aviation. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what they're referred to as GA pilots. Uh, see, I had to learn all this. I know. <laughs> it's a whole school of thought involved. <laughs> um, so anyway, they, you know, they, so they do this out of the, you know, their gener- their generosity. Yeah. They're, they have very um, passionate hearts. They love to do these flights. Um, it's very rewarding. And uh, many have commented that, you know, it's much, they enjoy flying the pets because they can see what a difference it's making in their lives. Now, granted, all of us wish that there wasn't a need to do this. You know, if we were all responsible pet owners and altered our pets, we wouldn't have to be moving pets from overpopulated areas to other areas that have more adoptive homes. Uh, but that, you know, that's a slow process. The change is not taking place as quickly as anyone would like. Uh, so in order to keep them from euthanizing the animals, I mean, let's face it, the shelters only have so much room. Yeah. And, you know, what what, what are their options? So we, we try to, to bring awareness and education as often as we can, which is, again, why we appreciate your show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, do you know how many animals you've transported? It's a question I'm asked frequently. And the only estimate I can give you is I know to date it's been over 10,000. Oh, my goodness. But I don't, I can't give you, and here's why I cannot give you, you know, an accurate answer. I made the mistake uh, in one interview that I did a couple years ago saying, oh, we've moved X number of animals. And afterwards I heard from a pilot and he said, Debbie, you know, great interview, however, I've moved three to four hundred dogs myself since the first of the year. (laughs) (laughs) So your numbers are a little off. (laughs) And I went, well, thank you for sharing that with me because I had no idea. Uh, You know, some of the pilots will share the stories and send their pictures. We encourage them to do that because our our Facebook fan page and 
and followers and you know Twitter followers they love the stories and and who wouldn't I mean Absolutely. you know they're happy, for the most part happy ending stories so um, but there are others the pilots don't do this for accolades right you know they do this because it's something they feel strongly about and they enjoy doing and um, they want to do it they don't have to receive notoriety for it so right. I have to be very cautious when I say um, you know number of animals exactly. and I'm sure it's well over 10,000 by now but um, that's the best estimate I can right. give you. Well, we are aware of one pilot, Scott Messenger, who who apparently uh-huh. has transported uh, already transported his thousandth. Animal. He's well over a thousand yeah, now. He just well did twenty some the other day. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! <laughs> we have another pilot in Florida, Jeff Bennett, who is real close to his one thousandth animal transported to it, and that does include that pot-bellied pig I mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute. He had a pot-bellied pig in one crate and a little baby Pete, the little chick, oh in, in another gosh. crate. And, and uh, they were both on the same flight together. Mm. He's done animals... a lot of um, reptiles as well. Really? There's quite a, yes, there's quite a, a problem with uh, snakes being let loose in the Everglades and in southern Florida. You may have seen that on various newscasts. And um, so he has flown several pythons and boas and monitor lizards to wildlife refuges after they've been trapped oh. and captured. How, is there a, how do animals uh, are, react to travel, air travel? Uh, at the beginning, when you're on the ground and you're just loading them up, of course, it's the natural, where am I going, what am I doing, kind mm-hmm. of look on their faces. and. Um, they can be sometimes a little barky, mm-hmm. uh, but as soon as that plane takes off, and I, I've made myself go on three rescue flights so I could speak from firsthand experience, right. they go to sleep. Oh, as, as soon as they're airborne, uh, you know, the hum of the engine and, and uh, what, you know, maybe a little bit of the altitude, not that much though because you don't fly at, ox- you know, need right. oxygen type levels, uh, they just go to sleep. Soothing. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, we had we've had I think two dogs though that did sing, but oh. for the for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, they just really they just relax and go to sleep. And as the plane starts its descent, then just like if you would be driving up your driveway, you know, I don't know if they sense the difference in the uh, you know the the speed or or whatever it may be, but they do start to you know wake up a little bit and and then they're happy as soon oh, as they land, right. they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first flight where that went? I went on? Or or and the first flight that oh, was organized through pilots and pods. Oh, the first uh, the first flight that uh, was actually done by my co-founder John, uh-huh. and it was of course done for my Doberman That's group. Right, for the Doberman. Um, well, the first flight actually was for the dog who started all of this, my Doberman. But uh, the first official flight for pilots and pods actually was a Doberman that was flown um, by John, my co-founder. And again, from, how long ago from a shelter that? to a rescue group, uh huh. Right. And how long ago was that? Uh, that was uh, it was in two thousand eight. Oh gosh, what a journey it is! Oh, it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, just four years, but we've you know we seem to still be growing, and uh, which is our goal. Our goal is to have ten thousand pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are actually three hundred to four hundred thousand general aviation pilots in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And if we could just get even one percent of them volunteering with us, that would be amazing. Absolutely, and we want to, you know, uh, share with the community, with the world, about your work. Can you share about some of the the great feedback you've received from pilots, public, anyone? 
Well, you know, we're very, very fortunate. We've got approximately, between our friends page and our fan page, we have around 35,000 Facebook followers. Oh, my gosh. That's great. And we've got two to 3,000 on Twitter. And, you know, we've been very fortunate to have media coverage. They like what we do. Um, and, and it's great because when they come to us, then they spread the stories. And it just is kind of, it's one hand helping the other, yes. if you will. And uh, so we have the feedback that we get is extremely positive, very supportive. Um, but like I said earlier, it's within our realm of change to make uh, a difference in these animals' lives. And you don't have to be a pilot to volunteer with Pilots and Paws. Right. Um, you can go to our website and print out a flyer and take it to your local airport. Um, we have um, some general awareness cards that tell you how you can get involved in your community. Oh, good. You know, educate your the people that, that live in your hometown. Go to a shelter, walk a dog, you know, brush a cat. Uh, you know, volunteer your time. You know, your time is worth a lot. Yes. So it, the positive feedback we get is truly rewarding. And I am urging everybody to, in addition to visiting the website, uh, you mentioned the Facebook page. I'm looking at a uh, just a heartbreaking, sweet, beautiful picture. <laughs> the cover picture on Pilots and Paws is just beautiful. Oh, thank you. Are you looking at the fan page? I'm looking at the, uh, I think it's the fan page with, with uh, 30, 000, over 30,000 likes, and it's got the, yes. it looks like a German mm -hmm. Shepherd in the window. Yes, oh, yes, that's a very special per, uh, picture. His name was Ed. Oh, <laughs> or his name is it. I want to add also for your listeners that yeah. for any pilots that do volunteer with us, uh, John and I decided to go ahead and pursue our 501c3 tax status, which right. is a nonprofit charitable status. So, and we have a letter from the FAA, which uh, it designates us our flights as humanitarian flights. Mm -hmm. So therefore, our pilots can get something back at the end of the year. Oh, they can fantastic. use a portion of um, their expenses for uh, a donation at the end of the year. So that's a way for them to fly, still enjoy it, and then actually get something back. Right. That's, that's wonderful. I mean, they're, they're, they're already enjoying being of service in this way, but it's, it's wonderful to be able to provide that as well. Right. We wanted to give something back, and, you know, it's very, we're very controlled by what we can give back. Yes. So. Uh, and once a year, I wanted to add, we have an aware, a large-scale awareness event. Have you read any of our stories on our website? Not about that, no. Please explain to us. Once a year, we, in, in September, the end of September, we have... Well, we have other smaller events, but we have one very large-scale awareness event every year, and it's at the end of September. Two years ago, we held it in New Orleans after the oil spill. Mm. We had probably, if I remember correctly, 51 pilots involved. 22 of those planes were on the ground in New Orleans, and we flew out 171 dogs oh my gosh. Uh, in one morning. And uh, so we, you know, the pilots meet there, and then the next they come in the night before generally. And we have sponsors, wonderful sponsors, Subaru and Petmate, uh, who are on the ground with us at these events and extremely supportive in everything we do. And uh, so they're they're there. We flew out 171 dogs in one morning. Last year we went uh, to Florence, South Carolina, and we did memorial rescue flights for the Chesterfield 22. They were 22 dogs that were taken across the street from the shelter in Chesterfield County, 
and shot in a landfill rather than be adopted out or humanely oh euthanized. So we wanted to bring awareness to the fact that, hey, we're here, you know, there's a better way. Yeah. Uh, so we flew out 174 dogs and one kitty that morning. <laughs> oh. And this year we're going to be holding our event in uh, just south of Charlotte, North Carolina, in Monroe, the city of Monroe, North Carolina. So we're, we work with numerous shelters and rescue organizations within the area. And we have great partners that we work with as receiving rescues that our pilots fly out, usually in about three different directions, just with plane loads of, of um, animals, wow. saving them. And, um, the, I mean, these are all incredibly moving experiences, but just as another example, can you, can you share one of the experiences you've had in this work that has particularly moved you? Oh, gosh, there are so, so many. Yeah. Um, you know, one that comes to mind happened around Christmas time. Uh-huh. I remember it was, oh gosh, I think uh, three years ago now in Tennessee. There was a gentleman who was driving at night, was ready for Christmas, and you know how cold it is in, even in Tennessee in the mountains at that time of night. And he saw a blanket on the side of the road and he thought he saw it move. So he backed up. And he went and he uncovered the blanket. And in this blanket was um, a Doberman or what was left of one, I guess you could say. He was totally emaciated. He had um, uh, mange so badly that all the pads were even sloughing off his feet. He was covered in sores and, of course, you know, was freezing. So this kind man uh, picked him up, put him in his car, and... This this happened. They left him, oh, gosh, maybe 100 feet from the shelter, I yeah. think. And so uh, he, this gentleman went on the Internet and reached out, and uh, the Doberman Group, Doberman Assistance Network, saw the plea and um, took him in, and we found a receiving rescue in Pennsylvania that would accept him, and so he was flown there, and finally was given the vet care he needed and brought back to a really happy life and, and lives in a wonderful home. Oh, wow. So there's many, many stories yeah. like that. Stories of pregnant dogs that were you know, kissing our pilot as they were <laughs> in the air and then having 10 puppies 30 minutes after landing. And, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, the list of stories goes on. They're, they're heartwarming and they do uh, tug at you yeah. and they make you cry, but... The sad tears hopefully end up in happy tears. That's right. That's right. And for those of us with, with happy tears and are fortunate, fortunate enough to have pets, can you uh, share one piece of advice that you'd really like to uh, get out there? One piece of advice for the general public? Yeah. With what, my, my piece of advice to the general public is get involved. Oh, great. Yes. Um, you know, that's, you, you know, you don't, look, Pilots and Paws came about through our adoption of a, a rescue animal. Right. We knew nothing when we started Pilots and Paws right. other than I knew rescue work and John knew aviation. Uh, you know, we, we piggybacked off of another uh, pilot group forum board. It's just, you just put one foot in front of the other and just go forward. You don't have to make a big change, but a change you make could really affect that one animal. That's so true. my advice would be get involved. 
True. I'm in a similar, I'm certain my work is certainly not as involved as yours, but I, I, until I adopted my first dog, my only dog, uh, just mm -hmm. three years ago, I, I knew nothing, but now I'm kind of what they call a keyboard activist. I help proof and edit material on the website. Yes. It's just, you know, you get involved somehow. Yes, you know. get involved any way that you can. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, you, it doesn't even have to be monetarily. I mean, right. donations are how we continue to move forward, and, of course, we always need those. Yes. So, um, you know, if anybody would like to donate, go to our website. There's a link there. But, if, you know, we understand that the economic times are hard right now, and you don't have to have a lot of money to get involved. You really don't. Right. True. And uh, uh, nevertheless, we do encourage people to, if they can, to donate to Pilots and Paws. It's such an amazing cause. Thank Absolutely. you. And um, you mentioned, I think, do you have, you have pets of your own at, at the house? Is that correct? Oh, I do. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Geriatric, actually, at this oh. point in time. In fact, we did lose our 18-year-old. But we we have Doberman Pinchers. Of course, I mentioned that. Mm -hmm. So we have two Dobermans, Brock and Chelsea. And we have um, Chelsea Bugs and Brock. And we mm -hmm. have a little Lassa. Named Lily, who is fifteen, and oh. she of course she of course rules. She, <laughs> of course. she, bites, she bites the Doberman's feet if they get in her way, um, and they just go, "Excuse me, excuse me." <laughs> uh, and then I have uh, we have of course a barn kitty. Every barn has to have barn kitties, uh, but he's about seventeen too, uh, seventeen years old now. And we have three Morgan horses. Wow. wow, that's wow! You've got quite a menagerie. We do, yeah. and it's actually not as large a menagerie as we have had in right. the past. But we're very fortunate. We have you know a horse farm, and we have a lot of room. And um, we could probably you know fill our entire acreage with rescue dogs. But um, you know, I realized that my place is to continue growing pilots and paws, Absolutely. so that you know others can be helped. And, and I'm just not doing it home alone. Right. Um, is there anything else we haven't covered that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, you know, with the audience, like I said, if, if you can go out to your local shelters, um, think about becoming a foster. Yes. You know, fostering is so important, even if it's just a temporary foster. We've mm -hmm. had actually some flight failures where our pilots have ended up adopting their passengers. <laughs> I often think I should make a sign that says warning and put it in their window. You might adopt your passenger. <laughs> Maybe um, addictive. <laughs> yeah, but, but even if you can temporarily foster, fostering I know isn't easy because you do get attached, but if yes. you can look at it as you're giving that animal a chance and then when it leaves to find its home, you're giving another animal a chance. And every opportunity that you have please try to get the word out to alter your pets and be a responsible pet owner. It's so important. It I mean, so important. we have to care about the animals. If we don't, who will? Right, right. And um, in your travels, you've, I'm sure, encountered a lot of other organizations and worthwhile groups. Are there any uh, websites or other pet-related links that you'd recommend to our audience? Oh, gosh, it would be kind of unfair of me to recommend just a couple when there are so many. We've right. got over we've got over 12,000 registered users on our website. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, and, and it would be impossible for me to okay. list all 12,000. <laughs> well, in any case. And, and I think unfair of me to list others. Right. Uh, right. You know, and, and not include everyone. But, you know, what people can do is go on the net and do your research mm -hmm. uh, and find your local, again, 
I keep going back to the same thing. I realize this, but go to your, go to the website, look for your local rescue organization, see how you can make a difference in your own community. It really, truly does start there. Yes, because no matter where you are, someone needs help with this work, and these animals need help no matter where you are. They always do, and don't think that you can't help in some way because you can. You just have to take that first step. Absolutely. Well, Debbie, we have really enjoyed time with you today. I've really enjoyed time with you today. And, well, thank uh, you. Absolutely. Um, so thank you again for your time, but thank you for this work and for Pilots and Paws. Again, this, this is something uh, well over 10,000 animals have been transported to better lives, to lives, mm-hmm. to actual lives where there was slim chance of that. And was Rafina one last comment, if mm-hmm. I may, please? Absolutely. We have a we have a book coming out called "Dog Is My Co-Pilot." Oh, okay. It's by it's by Patrick Regan. Oh, right. And he's donating a percentage of his uh, book sales to Pilots and Paws. Okay. And you can find it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And it is an incredible collection of stories uh, from our efforts and our transports. I think I think all of your listeners would thoroughly enjoy this book. I know I did. Great. I have an advance. I, I, I'm fortunate. I have an advanced copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will definitely highlight that in this entry. Um, Thank you. In the text too, because we want to support that, and it sounds fascinating. And I love the title. Dog is my co-pilot. Yes, um, dog is my co-pilot, and underneath that it says rescue tales of flying dogs, second chances, and the hero who might live next door. Beautiful. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. All right. Well, once again, Debbie, thank you so much, and we hope you have a great rest of the weekend. You too, Rafino. Take care. Thank you very much for hosting us. Take care. Thanks for listening, Pack People. Let us know at www.packpeople.com if you'd like to sponsor our work and make another great interview possible. Please get involved in Pack People's efforts. Our Craigslist petition needs your signature. Just go to www.packpeople.com and click the petition button to make a positive change in the lives of animals.